Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And and today, I want to talk to you about something that is not only biblical, but it's also something that I think that uh, many of us, myself included, uh, in our Christian lives, we we struggle with. We struggle with, you know, addressing this area in our, in our lives. And and what we're going to talk about today is addressing bitterness and unforgiveness. I, I want to start by telling you uh, a little bit about my testimony. You know, growing up, um, I had a very difficult relationship uh, with my dad. In fact, we had no relationship. That would be a better way to say that. And it really wasn't until I was about 16, I was sitting reading the Bible um, in Matthew 5 and in Colossians 3, uh, Jesus and Paul Tell us if we won't forgive, we won't be forgiven. And and that immediately struck my heart. I was immediately convicted by, by the word of God. And uh, the Lord graciously brought repentance to my life at that time. And the next day, my my dad and I, we, we would go out and play on Saturdays. We'd go play golf. I was a varsity go- on the varsity golf team at the lo- one of the local high schools and. So we were going to go play golf, and uh, that was the plan. But the Lord and his providence had other plans. Instead, we went on a walk. And on that walk, the Lord uh, brought restoration. He brought reconciliation between my my father and I. And it, and it's, it was a really powerful example. The Lord uh, addressed a lot of bitterness and resentment and even unforgiveness, uh, my my father and I, I said, had no relationship at this time, and a lot of that had to do with um, ha- my my mom and him fighting and yelling at each other, and him saying really nasty things, and of course my mom said not so not nice things as well, and I held all of this in my heart uh, very better. Also experienced a great deal. Uh, we're going to talk about this uh, in a future episode, but I experienced a lot of um, physical abuse and even mental abuse and emotional abuse in my childhood. So at this time, I was I, uh, the Lord convicting me um, of these things. At 16, I had no relationship with, really with my dad, and the Lord did such a powerful work that um, he restored my dad and I. My dad actually started going back to church and he started to grow in his walk with God, and and now he's a very strong Christian walking with the Lord. And so, addressing bitterness and unforgiveness is it's a deeply uh, personal subject to me. Now, you know, over twenty years ago, well past twenty years ago, twenty almost twenty four years ago, um, since this event that I'm describing happened, uh, God's God's done a work in both of our lives in addressing this. In our lives, but but Scripture has so much to say about bitterness and unforgiveness. So I want to I want to talk about that here with you today. 
And I hope that, that you'll find these, these episodes that we're doing covering various topics uh, helpful to your Christian life and ministry. If there's other topics that, that you want to, to me to talk about or want to see covered, uh, please don't hesitate to, to let me know. In keeping with Scripture's focus on, on both the inward and the uh, outward uh, disposition of the heart, the, the Old Testament wisdom literature addresses the heart and the mind as well as deeds that reflect what we're feeling within. Proverbs uh, 3, 1 through 12 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life, and peace will they add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes for the fear of the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your produce, that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproofs, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Well, this, this passage exemplifies what I just described at the beginning well. It talks about trusting in the Lord with the heart and how that works itself out in the steps we take on the path that God in his providence has set for us. Ecclesiastes 10.20 says, Even in your thoughts do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom curse the rich. For a bird of the air will carry your voice, or some winged creature tell the matter. This passage gives us uh, guidance from the wisdom literature regarding the inner thoughts and the outer deeds, explaining that the wise person does not allow bitterness to take root in mind or heart or even in our words. Now, notice how the advice makes good practical sense even apart from its import for spiritual matters. One commentator has noted that those who attain to high positions and even wield much influence typified by the king and the rich, they gain their position often in part due to the good connection with others and the remarkable ability to know what goes on behind closed doors. Thus, to grumble about these people, even in those places that seem to be most hidden from the outside world, uh, like your bedroom, is, is foolish. After all, those, those are the focus of complaints that might have eyes and ears where we do not expect them. And anything we say might end up uh, uh, making its way to them. If this happens, we can expect an unpleasant uh, situation. But even more important are the spiritual implications of Ephesians 4.31. The Lord there warns about the root of bitterness to spring up and cause much trouble and much defilement in Hebrews 12.15. Our hearts and our minds make up the seat of sin. And if we allow bitterness to take up residence within, we'll find ourselves far from the kingdom if we never come to repentance. This, this is one of the reasons why gossip is such a danger in our, in our lives personally, in our marriages, and especially in the church today. Words spoken of in secret, they reveal the state of one's heart. And if the state of one's heart is not oriented towards love of neighbor, as, as gossip, as, as unrepentant gossip reveals, then 1 John 4.20 tells us that we don't really love God. 
In fact, the spreading of misinformation or, or uncertain facts about another person, it indicates that a root of bitterness may slowly be taking over one's heart, inclining it away from the kingdom of heaven. And even if words spoken behind closed doors about others never reach the ears of the people to whom they're spoken, God hears, he knows, he, and he evaluates according, according to the heart from which they spring. But here's the thing. Wise people put up safeguards in their thoughts and their actions to keep them from being ensnared by a root of bitterness. Lest our minds lead us astray, it's wise to think on what is true, on what is good, on what is noble, on what is lovely, and, and not to fill our thoughts and our hearts with unclean things. By the way, the first part of that sentence comes from Philippians 4.8, which tells us to think on what is noble, what is pure, and what is good. That's in the Word of God. And, and at the same time, we should endeavor not to listen to or, or repeat uncertainties that we hear about others or even gossip about our neighbors. Throughout Scripture, we're told repeatedly that the heart is what really matters to the Lord. It's not outward acts that are unimportant, for, for the Bible also condemns external visible sins and commends righteous acts that are evident to the human eye. For example, in Matthew 5:16. Ultimately, our visible deeds of love for God and neighbor are only good if they're rightly motivated and not done merely for the approval of others. Our, our Creator does not see uh, as man sees. And when He looks upon the individual, 1 Samuel 16, 7 tells us He looks upon the heart. In fact, the heart is also the seat of all impurity. Uh, Luke 6.45 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so external sins are finally addressed only through dealing with the inward transgression. If we not set aside the sinful intention of our hearts, then the, all the mortification that is putting to death our sin we perform externally does little permanent good. In fact, Paul makes this point in Colossians 3.12 as he urges us to put away bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, and even malice. Bitterness, wrath, and anger are attitudes of the heart, while clamor and slander are ways in which these sinful dispositions find their outlet. Matthew Henry comments that bitterness, wrath, and anger refer to violent inward resentment against others, and clam clamor, he says, is intemperate speech by which bitterness, rage, and anger vent themselves. And the apostle does not urge us to give up being angry altogether. If that were his point, he would be contradicting his earlier teaching to exercise righteous anger on appropriate occasions in in, in Ephesians 5.26, 4.26, excuse me. The kind of anger that Paul wants us to put away is characterized by malice, the consuming feeling of hatred that, that only seeks the destruction of others and not the restoration to fellowship with God and with other people. Now, malice characterizes human anger, and so we must keep our anger in check by the Spirit's power. Slander in Ephesians 4.23 translates from the Greek word blasphema, uh, the same word from which we derive the English word blasphemy. You see, we blaspheme the Lord when we tell falsehoods about his character or curse him. And we blaspheme or slander other people when we curse them. We spread rumors about them. We lie about their acts or even their intentions. These acts are wholly unchristian. 
putting sin, putting sins of the tongue to death, they, they require more than just cessation or stopping of slander, as important as that is. There needs to be a putting to death of the ungodly behavior and the malice that so easily wells up within us. And whenever we feel ourselves getting angry, we should step back. We should ask ourselves if our anger is righteous or not. We, we should also have friends who can help us to accurately assess this. God's law is comprehensive in scope. It gives us principle that we can apply to any situation in our lives. Jesus tells us this in his exposition of the law on the Sermon on the Mount. His interpretation of the sixth commandment reveals that this statue is, is given not just to deal with murderers, but with every episode of unjust anger, every malice, insult, and every uh, other actions of the heart and the tongue that give birth to murder, uh, Matthew five twenty one through 22 tells us. And so our Savior's application of the law of God shows us how the commandments also mandate the opposite of what they forbid and forbid the opposite of what they mandate. In his discussion of the sixth commandment, Jesus says that this rule directs us to seek forgiveness and even reconciliation wherever possible. In Matthew 5, 23-26, the Heidelberg Catechism is right to find the duties of peacemakers, gentleness, mercy, and patience, and the Creator's prohibition of murder in question answer 107. Now, the Bible often emphasizes forgiveness and mercy. We read of positive examples of long-suffering and forgiveness in Joseph in Genesis 45, the, the prodigal son's daughter in Luke 15, 1-32. We also learn that, that God is eager to forgive his people when they return to him. Jesus even warns us that our sins are not forgiven if, if we refuse to pardon others. Matthew 6, 14-15 tells us this. So repentance is the prerequisite of forgiveness and reconciliation. The Lord does not forgive us if we do not repent and trust in Christ alone as a prerequisite for restoring the relationship is to acknowledge that we have broken it by our sin and we are sorry for what we're done. But this is also true on a human level. Although God tells us to be patient with the faults of others, he does not command us to forgive people who show no signs of repentance for what they've done uh, to us and to others. We may forgive other people, but we're not required to do so Although we must take care that the root of bitterness does not become established in our hearts when we're not reconciled to others. And like I said, Philippians 4.8 tells us that we're to think on what is noble and what is true and what is pure and what is good. What that means is we should not, and it's not healthy, and it's not biblical to replay those thoughts over and over and over and over again. Uh, many of you are guilty of that. Guess what? I am too. I, I, I have to remember, you know what? These, the, my thought life is like a movie theater. Uh, that movie in the movie theater is playing over and over and over again. And those ungodly thoughts playing on loop over and over and over again, they're only going to make me, what, more irritated, more agitated, more bitter. And, and these things are going to fester and grow. And, and sooner, sooner or later, you know what? It doesn't matter what the facts of the situation were. Uh, I, I've probably gone way past that at that point. But here's the thing. This is why thinking on what is noble, what is pure, what is good is so important because if we're feeding our mind the in our hearts the Scripture, what is the Holy Spirit going to do? 
He's going to do what, what Romans 12, 1 through 2 tells us. He's going to renew our, our, our minds. He's going to renew our hearts. And the Holy Spirit is going to take the truth that we are reading, that we are studying, that we're even meditating on. And by the way, that's, that's why one of the reasons why we've been talking about you know uh, applying the word in biblical meditation recently, because this is what it does. It helps us to, when we're feeling feelings of anger and bitterness, we're going to redirect them. Uh, in fact, that's what Paul wants us to do in Philippians 4. Uh, he, after he even says these things, I believe it's in Philippians uh, 4.10 or 11, he says that we're to practice these things. So it's not just enough to think on what is noble, what is pure, what is good in the Word of God. Paul says that if we know those things, uh, which we do, then we're to practice those things. That means that we're to take what he teaches very practically and 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 apply it to our lives. Another reason why you need to be meditating on the Word of God, chewing on it again and again and again and again, so that the Lord by the Spirit will take the Word and plant it deeper into your heart. Uh, one thing that's helpful is is just to maybe take some of these verses that that we've looked at and just start memorizing them or even have them on a flashcard and and read them as those thoughts come come in and and just pray them back to the Lord asking for the Lord to help you um in in these ways. Now, continuing on, uh, you know, when people express true sorrow for what they've done and they they ask for our forgiveness, uh, we cannot uh do otherwise than than forgive them. Since the Lord has forgiven us, we too must forgive. That's that's the point of Colossians 3, 12 through 14. That that's what the Lord was doing in in convicting me of my sin, as I shared at the beginning of this episode, and me turning away from it and confessing it as sin and asking the Lord to forgive me. Then I also needed to go to my dad because I had bitterness and unforgiveness towards my dad. And and so the Lord brought you know, through confessing my sin first to the Lord uh, and asking for his forgiveness and then going to my dad, uh, there was there was a bi- the ability for fellowship and reconciliation to be brought. And, and my dad also said, I, I forgive you and uh, asked for forgiveness for his part in, in that whole process as well. And it was just an amazing story of what God can do in the life of of a son and a father who love the Lord, who love the word, and want to obey it. So praise the Lord for that. Uh, you know, the forgiveness we enjoy from God in Christ Jesus has consequences for our lives. First, we're absolved from guilt and never need to fear his wrath again. And furthermore, God's forgiveness means that we too must forgive those who have sinned against us when they express sorrow for what they've done. We're not allowed to hold grudges against others. Uh, but we must embrace other believers and as brothers and sisters when they ask forgiveness. We, we, when they ask for forgiveness, we, we shouldn't hold them at arm's length. And, but, but also, we need to recognize that it might take time. Just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that, that it's going to be easy to trust them again. There needs to be time. These things take time. Um, and they and they, sometimes they're immediate, like with my dad and I. There, there was immediately deep, heartfelt fellowship. For some people, they can say, "I forgive you," but but whether they're going to trust you or not, that's a whole another matter. It just takes sometimes it takes time. It depends on what what kind of 
you know, gossip or situation happen, uh, the level of hurt and a number of other factors as, as I'm sure you're aware of, but, but I, I wanted to, I wanted to do this episode because it's something that I think that we as Christians, uh, bitterness and, and unforgiveness and even resentment. I don't think that we talk enough about these things. They're, they're very practical things and they're, and they're very practical things that we can do, uh, you know, keeping short accounts, uh, with the Lord and with one another, you know, when we when we do that, you know, we're going to be quick to own up to our to our failures, even if even if it was a perceived thing. We're going to go to our brother and humbly confess that, and they can say, you know what, brother, you didn't do, you, you know what, you didn't hurt my feelings. Uh, there was no there was no ill. Um, I knew that there was no ill from you in in that situation, or you know what, there was, and and you, they they tell you, you know what, you did hurt my feelings or, or what you said hurt me. And, and, you know, you can apologize specifically own up to that humbly, humble yourself before the Lord and before them and just ask for forgiveness. Uh, it goes a long way and then say, Hey, you know what? I'm growing in this area or however the Lord is at work in your life. And, and just, you know, uh, be honest, be real, um, own up to it. Uh, specifically apologize this this is especially by the way uh this is especially important in your marriage by the way uh addressing keeping short accounts with the lord keeping short accounts with your spouse uh, it, it is absolutely critical to a healthy marriage now we my wife and i did uh two episodes in in february about this and and one of the reasons that we wanted to 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 do that together was to 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 show you, you know what, um, we have had these issues in our past. Um, you know, by God's grace, they're not issues in our marriage. But but the thing is, is they could be. <laughs> we're we're two sinners saved by the grace of God. So these things can come up and they can crop up, and we know that. Which is why we keep short accounts with the Lord and with one another. We avail ourselves of the means of grace. Uh, we repent of our sin. We trust the Lord uh, to forgive us, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Uh, we we are freely we freely have open conversation with one another, where we confess our sin and we to each other, um, or or if and we forgive each other, and we talk through things um, how we can grow better together. And these kind of things are are how not only trust is built in a marriage, but they're how trust is built, you know, among one another. You know, um, if you want to be what I call a safe person, what I mean by that, if you want to be a trustworthy person um, and a trustworthy friend, these are just some things that that are going to help you. They're going to help you to be that safe person that, you know, when you're when somebody is really struggling, when they're hurting, when they're going through a lot, they're going to want to come to you and they're going to want to share with you. And the, and these are some of the things, even as we've talked about friendship this year as well and, and other issues, these are some things that will help you. Um, these are some things that will help you to deal with the anger in your life, the, the pain of the past and the hurt that you've experienced by renewing your mind in the scriptures, by taking keeping short accounts with the Lord and with others because of the grace of God, because of the work of the Spirit in your life, as you're reading, as you're studying, as you're meditating, as you're memorizing scripture and applying it to your life, 
you're going to find more and more that that God that God is growing you. He is addressing things in your life, even if it seems like, you know what, uh, these things are gradual. These things are going to take some time. Great, they might just take time. But as you are keeping short accounts with the Lord, as you're keeping in the Word, reading, studying, med- meditating, and memorizing on it, uh, the Lord is going to continue to grow you, continue to transform you, and people are going to see that and give thanks to the Lord. And they're also going to see that you're growing and maturing in these things. So, all right, guys. Well, I went way over what I thought I would in this episode. And so um, I do want to thank you guys, though. Last thing, I want to thank you for listening or watching these episodes. We do have lots more um, interviews coming up, but, uh, you know, also lots of conversations like these with, with you, me with you. And I hope that you're finding these helpful. Um, I am thankful that many of you are telling me that you do. So thank you for listening or watching uh, the Equip You and Grace podcast. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.